Welcome back to this week's edition of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach, Coach Mark Sviguera. Coach, crazy. Last uh, last BC Buckets podcast here for a while. It seems like just as quickly as we started here, we are at the tail end. Uh, bittersweet, but wow, you're looking back on it. What a year. Yeah, I tell you what, it's uh, every year it's it's tough when it ends. It's emotional. It's, you know, you lose at the national tournament. It's, it's pretty devastating. You know, you get to the, that point, you had a heck of a year. And, you know, so it, it's tough when that finishes. But, and I told the guys this after that game, when the dust settles, you know, give it a little time. Give it a week. Give it, you know, now it's been a couple weeks for us. You look back and you think about what we accomplished. There's a ton to be proud of you know, conference champions, automatic qualifier to the national tournament, multiple all-conference selections, something we're going to talk about in a bit, an All-American selection. I mean, there's just so much there. I mean, we won nine straight games in December and January. Um, we started the year four and five, and we're not – you know, we weren't in a bad place, but we weren't in a great place when it came down to it. And, you know, I knew it was there and we hadn't quite tapped into it yet. And, you know, the guys really rallied. The guys played with a ton of toughness all year long. And so, yeah, bittersweet's a good way to put it. And, you know, that, that final locker room is always tough. And, you know, the end of the season is always tough, you know, for, I mean, I know the reason this one was incredibly tough for me. You know, and, and frankly, I, I really loved this team. And these guys were about the right thing all year long. It was never about recognition. It was never about who's going to be all conference. It wasn't, is this guy going to be conference player of the week? It was, let's do what we got to do to win. And when that really became an everyday thing, which, which was post-Thanksgiving, we became an everyday team. We became a really good practice team. You saw what happened. Because, you know, we talked probably way back in October and, and I was optimistic that we had a chance to be pretty good. I didn't know what that meant at the time. You know, I really thought we could be a, a top three, four team in the league. And, and I know, and history shows, if you're in that position, you're going to have a great chance to play in the national tournament. And that was, that was something that our players from the get-go, that was their goal. You know, our leadership group came together way back when practice started. And we talked about goals, and it's about getting to the national tournament. That, that was the end game. That was something we had posted in our locker room every day, minus a couple days in November where I got pissed at the guys and took it down. Um, you know, that hung in our locker room all year long. And so to see the guys set out for it and, you know, and then achieve the goal ultimately, you know, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, we can say we put that – we put that – goal sheet up in the locker room in October but that was really something these guys have been talking about since over a year ago when last season ended and so just to watch the guys take the bull by the horns and get better in the offseason do it together as a team is pretty awesome 
Yeah, and you touched on it any time that you uh, you make it to the national tournament. Obviously, a great year. Um, always unfortunate that last locker room, uh, for sure, just because there's not going to be a time when that entire team is like that together. So, obviously, emotional, for sure. Uh, but want to talk about that national tournament game here. Uh, took on Beth- Bethel, a really good Bethel team here. Uh, unfortunately, lost 86-70. to 70, But, Coach, you look in that first half at halftime, down 746-39. And for the most part of that first half, I mean, you you talk about an old-school boxing match just going blow for blow, it seemed like, for a lot of that first half. I had to be happy with the, offensively the way he played in the first half. Maybe there's a few times, a uh, couple defensive lapses here and there, giving up 46 and a half. But the way that that game started with, with blow for blow, kind of going back and forth, all in all, first half really entertaining and fun to watch. Yeah, you know, you look back at that game, Bobby, and – you know, a couple things stood out. One, we, we had a pretty good start. You know, we scored on the opening possession on a play we stole from Dakota Wesleyan and aptly named it Tiger. Um, and then, you know, just kind of back and forth there for a little bit. They went on a pretty big run there, kind of mid-first half. And one of the things that, that we had really emphasized, one of the things that really had us, you know, not worried, that's not the right word, but something we were really cognizant of, as a coaching staff, was was live ball turnovers. And that was something that Bethel all year long was really good at. They cap, they forced turnovers, and they capitalized on those turnovers almost every time. And that's what actually dug us into a little bit of a hole. We had a couple bad turnovers, led directly to points for Bethel. And, you know, that kind of got us in a hole. They had a couple guys make shots. They had a couple guys make shots who were not statistically phenomenal three-point shooters on the year. And, you know, part of that was a game plan designed to give up some of those shots and try to take some other things away. But, you know, you give credit to kids for making, making shots in a big game. Yeah. You know, I think we got down 14 in the first half and at halftime, we'd cut it back to seven. I I think we'd figured some things out and I really felt like we weathered the storm and we were in a pretty good place. You know, we needed one good push to get right back into a tie game or take the lead. And so you, you go to the second half and we come out, we get three straight stops defensively. You know, we get a kill right out of the gate and the first possession offensively, we scored, cut it to five. So we got two more stops after that. And the next two possessions we miss like wide open rhythm threes, exactly what we wanted. And, you know, that was kind of the, offensively the story of the game you know two things one we just didn't shoot it very well and that's you know it happens um we just didn't shoot it well from three and the other thing was and and you have to give Bethel a lot of credit for this they they really disrupted our rhythm offensively they're so aggressive and so physical defensively um it took us a little bit of time to to adjust to that and you know had we done that a little sooner you know who knows but then, you know, even you go later into the game, I think we're at like the seven-minute mark now maybe, and we're down six. And so, again, you know, we're, we're feeling okay. And, you know, we need one quick 5-0 run, one quick 7-2 run, which we've done so many times throughout the year. And on back-to-back defensive possessions, Jalen Scott hits a contested shot clock three, Next possession, Jalen Scott hits a contested shot clock bank three, and it goes from six to 12 in about 45 seconds 
well, it would have been more than that, probably about a minute or so. And, you know, it's just, it wasn't over at that point, but it was going to be a tough road to hoe point. And so, you know, credit to Bethel, they're really good. And, and we knew that going in, um, you know, they ended up winning that opening round and, and getting Kansas city um, and, and ultimately got beat in the sweet 16. But, you know, we, we battled and that that's, that's what we did all year. You know, we didn't give in, we didn't quit when we got down, you know, in the first half, we battled back and, you know, we needed one more quick push, one more quick run offensively, you know, one or two more big stops defensively, but you know, it didn't happen. And, you know, that's, that's where we are. And, you know, it's like we already said, it's, it's tough when the season ends. I've, I've never, never felt like I've had the right things to say in those moments after games, you know, it just, it really hits you. Um, and, you know, other than, you know, telling the guys how proud I am of them for what they did, for how together they were, you know, all those things. But it was, it was a tough game. And that's, you know, that's, that's what you get when you play in the national tournament, you know, and that's, we told the guys from the get go, everybody at this point's really, really good. Everybody's here for a reason. And, you know, it might be they won their conference. It might be, you know, they won their conference tournament. It might be they won, in Bethel's case, they didn't win their conference or conference tournament. They won 26 games um, coming into that. I think they ended with 28 or 29 wins on the season. I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, so proud of the guys' fight. You know, we had, we had a good trip. It was a fun trip. Um, and that's, at the end of the day, you set a goal to get to the national tournament. You accomplish it. That's a heck of a year. Absolutely. And, and, and like you said, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of a couple, but some of the greatest memories that year, obviously the, the entire journey, but at the end, those, those road trips and the national tournament trips and things is obviously huge. And you had brought this name up in, in Jalen Scott to Bethel, a tremendous player, um, a guy who can beat you on the outside, beat you on the inside. Uh, when it comes time for the national tournament, we never play people that we're used to in GPAC players, but just what a unique player he is in Jalen Scott and just how lethal he can be. What was kind of the game plan right away? I mean, I know it's, it's a team effort, but I mean, with someone of his caliber, what was kind of that mindset going into that first game, especially with him? Well, that was something, you know, we really debated for a couple of days because I think there's a couple schools of thought there. And ultimately what we decided on was we, we wanted to at least start the game with a bigger, more physical presence on him. So we started Kyle Borhave on him in terms of a one-on-one matchup. And, and we weren't going to switch anything with Kyle and just try to keep his length, his athleticism, his size on him. And then, you know, kind of our alternate plan was when lineups got changed, be it from our subs or theirs, we were going to have Quinn V's here, Matt Stilwell on him, but we were going to start to switch some stuff which, you know, for us can create some mismatches. You know, some of our smaller guards get on them. That's not necessarily ideal, but we wanted to try to make him uncomfortable. We wanted to – we didn't want him to just be able to freely drive, get into the paint, and then be able to pass the ball wherever he wanted to. He's an incredible passer. You know, if you look at his stats, they're incredible. He's a two-time first-team All-American and incredibly well-deserved in that regard. He's awesome. He is an incredible passer, though. And just watching film, 
he could dice people up. We didn't want him to just have free reign. So we, we worked on a couple different things and, you know, at times we did a really good job at times, you know, he's a good player and he made us pay for it. But, um, you know, ultimately we were trying to just kind of make him uncomfortable and, you know, it wasn't necessarily, we we're going to try to shut him down. He's just too good of a player to do that. Um, you know, and the other, the other thing we did debate and we'd done this in the past in national tournaments was we were going to basically let him do whatever he wanted scoring wise and not let anybody else beat us. You know, we did that way back in 2015. We played the national player of the year in the, in the national tournament. That was our game plan. And we ultimately lost that game by two, but defensively that game plan worked. And so we thought about that. We thought about some other things, trapping ball screens, um, being super hyper aggressive, which I just think that can lead to some really easy scores um, if you don't turn a team over with that. So, you know, we pretty much stuck with, you know, our base defense with a couple minor adjustments. And, you know, like I said, there were some times we did a really – I mean, Quinn BC took two charges on, on, on the guy. I mean, that's, that was something we wanted to try was just see if we couldn't get him second-guessing some of his drives because he got a couple charges. You know, so we did some really good things there. Yeah, so unfortunately, that first-round game against Bethel uh, came out on the short end, lost 86-70, and we've touched on it so many times here so far. But just looking back, what an amazing year. What a great group and what a great team this year. Uh, I know you're proud of the guys. Had to have been just awesome day in and day out being able to coach them. So su super proud of everything they did this year, making the national tournament. Just fell a little short there uh, in that first round. Uh, but, yeah, anytime you make the national tournament, it's obviously big time. And, and I want to talk about – uh, one of the guys uh, on the team here, and we were going to talk about uh, some awards uh, that came. And within the last week or so, uh, found out that one of our own w was fortunate enough to uh, to get a big time recognition. And and coach, I'll kind of let you uh, talk about uh, what award that was and what player uh, specifically that went to. Yeah, so you know, it came out late last week. Um, Jaden Klein Eslink was recognized by the NAIA as an honorable mention All American. Um, I mean, it's an incredible honor. You know, you think about it in the history of our program. He's the 21st All-American for the 33rd selection, I think, is what I counted up. Um, you know, and that's there, – there's two parts to that. One, Jaden had a great year for us. Jaden's a really good player. Jaden's one of the hardest working players I've ever been around. And, you know, it's incredibly well-deserved – honor for him and you know the other thing is and we said this the last time out you know any kind of individual recognition award accolade is always going to be bolstered by team success and you know you think what I'm most proud of is you know Jaden's stats don't just jump off the page at you you know he, he averaged 13 points a game um now he shoots the ball really really well he's a really efficient player um, but I think coaches recognize really good players on really good teams. And that's, that's awesome. You know, it's not necessarily just about the stats all the time, but you know, it's, it's so well-deserved for Jaden. I was really excited when I got to tell him, um, you know, I don't know if he believed me at first, to be honest with you, but, uh, he, uh, he was pretty excited about it and rightfully so, you know, we, we have, 
we have a wall in our office dedicated to the all Americans we've had in our program. And I mean, you start listening to the names, it's, it's pretty elite company. And so, uh, you know, and, and on top of it, like you think about, we've played basketball at Briarcliff for 56 years and we've had 33 all American selections. I mean, that's incredible. You know, I mean, you just, you talk about the history and the tradition of this program, you know, 56 years, 33 All-Americans, 25 national tournaments. The, the percentage of times we go to the national tournament is really, really high comparatively. And so just all that stuff is, is awesome. And, but at the end of the day, I was so proud of and so happy for Jaden. You know, you look at where he was as a freshman, where he is now, how he's developed. He's gotten better and better, turned into a phenomenal leader, and everything that comes his way is is incredibly well deserved. Absolutely, and and awesome uh, for Jaden. Uh, not only a great player, but like you said, coaches, what a great kid. Uh, just someone that you're proud uh, to represent your program. Someone who played uh, some significant minutes as a freshman, all the way leading up to now as a senior. So couldn't be more happy for him. Uh, great family too. So just really happy for Jaden. And then, yeah, prestigious company that he's in with being a thousand point scorer at the cliff, uh, but also an All American honor now, too. So, uh, definitely big time congrats to him and very well deserved. And with that being said, uh, without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest uh, for the episode this week. None other than the man himself uh, with a big time recognition here senior captain, point guard, Jaden Klein Hesselink. Well, Jaden, hey, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you being on and joining us here. How's everything going? Kind of post basketball now, things winding down a little bit in your life, or what's been new? Uh, I mean, I've just been I took a little break off from basketball, and you know, I've been focused on school a little bit, closing out the semester here, but just been kind of relaxing, and I'm gonna come back for my fifth year, so I'm gonna been back in the gym this week and a little bit of last week, so. Looking forward to spring weights getting started and all that stuff. Is that breaking news? Do we have breaking news here on the podcast? Is it public knowledge that you're coming back? No. Uh, it was public knowledge, I guess, between the, my teammates and my friends and family, I guess. I guess if you want to call it breaking news, we can. <laughs> so the, the avid listeners are, are hearing some breaking news. We got Jaden coming back for the fifth year. That's big time, man. Uh, I, well, I guess – we can kind of start there. I mean, with, with COVID given that additional year, is that something you kind of thought about right away? Or is that something that over time you're, you're like, yeah, you know, the more I think about it, the more I want to do it or kind of walk us through that. Um, well, I remember coach telling me the news. I, it was my, I think it was my junior year. I can't really remember. He's on the bus and he told me, I'm like, no way. And I was like, I didn't like know then that I'd come back, but I, I mean, I had a good thought in my mind, like, I love basketball. I wanted to come back. So, I mean, from the start, I kind of knew that I wanted to keep playing. So. So that conversation, is that something that you, you had right away with coach Figuera? I mean, obviously with, with your situation and your experience, coach is going to welcome you back with open arms, but is that a conversation you have right away with coach Figuera and coach Forbes? Or is that something you have with, with the parents? How does that go for you? Um, I, I knew that no matter, I didn't really have to tell my parents they would, they were going to be, yeah, go, go for it if you want to. Like, and so I didn't really have a conversation with them about it. I mean, I know I went to coach's office when I kind of knew, I guess, and I kind of told them, like, yeah, I'm going to come back. 
but there wasn't really any like doubt there for me that whether or not I was going to come back. Like I kind of knew that I wanted to. And coach, did you have kind of a, a glimpse or a hint that Jade might be coming back? What did that conversation look like for you when he came to your office that day and said, yeah, I know coach that, that fifth year is looking pretty good in my eyes. Well, I, I don't think it was a, a one day thing. It was something we had talked about a couple different times and, you know, there's, there's a bigger aspect to it of just basketball. You know, Jaden's going to graduate here in May and being a business major and being able to start grad school in our, in our business department is obviously a big part of it too. Um, you know, so he's, he's going to walk out of here with a master's degree when it's all said and done. And so I think it's obviously a mutually beneficial thing where he can continue with schooling and advance that a little bit, but obviously playing basketball and, you know, he's been an okay player for us. So I wasn't upset when he said he wanted to come back for another year. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so someone of, of Jaden's caliber. I mean, just as a coach, I mean, that's gotta be pretty awesome. Exciting here. Yeah. Your, your starting point guards coming back for another year. And, and speaking of your Jaden, I kind of want to talk about this year. I mean, looking back on it now where, where you guys ended kind of a few months ago, beginning of the year, if someone would have told you, hey, Jaden, you guys are going to be uh, co-GPAC champs, would you have believed that person? I would have believed them. I mean, I think we set a goal out for ourselves to compete at the top of the GPAC, and we knew we put ourselves in a good situation at the beginning of the year to do that. So, yeah, I think I would have believed them, and I knew the group of guys that we have on our team that we could have done it, and there's no – I mean, we did do it, so I knew we could. And with your senior leadership, obviously, uh, been in the program the last few years, been a part of a lot of really good teams this year, no exception to that. At the beginning of the year, was was the GPAC championship one of the main goals of this team? Was it making the national tournaments? Coming as a senior leader perspective, talk about that a little bit. I think we, we have a leadership group where we all get together and stuff. And as a core of the team, um, I think our main goal was to make it to the national tournament. We said that to coach, like, hey, our main goal is make national tournament and kind of throughout the year, like that was our goal. That's what we wanted to do. And we didn't really kind of think of anything else below that. Like just our ultimate goal at the end was to make it to national tournament. So like through practices and having good practices and from game to game, I think that was all in our head. Like our main goal is to make it to the national tournament. Now I kind of want to back up a little bit here um, and there might be some people out there who don't know your journey of uh, being a, a local kid uh, coming to Briarcliff. You obviously from Sheldon went to Sheldon high school uh, about 50 minutes, 60 minutes uh, just North of Sioux city there. I mean, college basketball is something that you've always wanted to do something that uh, was big on your priority list. And then how, why Briarcliff? Kind of walk us through the journey of when they first reached out to you, um, when you kind of felt like, hey, Briarcliff is, is my next home that I want to play ball at. Well, I think my, like, probably my freshman year of high school to my sophomore year of high school, I knew that I wanted to play college at the next level. I didn't really know what level that would be, but I knew that I wanted to play college basketball. And I would say coach reached out to me my junior year of high school. And he might've even recruited me as my sophomore year, but coach Mason, my high school coach and coach Fugger are pretty good friends. So there, that was kind of that connection there. And yeah, honestly, it was, I committed pretty early in my senior year, right before basketball season. 
and it I knew that I wanted to come to Briarcliff and I made that move pretty early early in my senior year of high school. Now you've had uh, the ability to play on some really good teams like I mentioned and now you've had the chance to play in a couple national tournaments. What has that meant um, to you? Um, and have you noticed kind of a, a big difference in maybe that team your freshman year um, c compared to the team this year? Um, I would say my freshman year, I didn't know the magnitude of making it to the, what the, the national tournament was like. I guess I didn't know like how big that accomplishment was because we had some, we had some studs on that team. So, I mean, it was, it was hard to like look at it through their lens of what, their leadership brought to that team. And then when you kind of step into that role as an upperclassman, you kind of see like just the little things that it takes to get to that level and like the leadership and like the day-to-day -day of like getting on dudes and making sure we have good practices and like just doing the little things right. I didn't realize how big of a moment that was, I guess, as a freshman that I know now as a senior. And you talk about making that transition to that upperclassman role. Uh, so you back up your freshman year, got some dudes on the team like his said, an upperclassman of Jackson Lamb, Eric Erdman, Jay Wolf, guys like that. Was it kind of right after that year or was it kind of sophomore year, back half of that going into junior year? You're like, hey, I, I've got some, some shoes to fill. I can see myself doing that. And I'm kind of expected to be that new leader kind of growing up here and, and being the upperclassman. What did that transition look like? And is that something that you had um, were nervous about right away? Or is that something like, hey, like, I, this is my role. I'm going to thrive in this. Uh, I, w I wouldn't say I was nervous about it. I mean, I've been in that role before with my high school team. And, like, I knew that I had the ability to take on that role. So I wouldn't say I was nervous by any means to take on that role. But I guess I think I kind of realized that I needed to take another step probably after my sophomore year because my sophomore year was still at Jackson and Jackson and Ethan and stuff. But I, I think I, my junior year, I realized that I needed to take another step into that leadership role. And now when you graduated from Sheldon and came to Briarcliff in that decision process, was it kind of important to you uh, to play kind of local and stay within driving distance and play for a school that was pretty easy for your family to get to, or was it just one of those things that just felt like the right fit or was it a little bit of both kind of talk about that? Um, it was a little bit of both. Um, it was, I definitely wanted to stay closer to home and I wanted to be part of a program that was really successful and I knew Briarcliff had that. So I, that's why I chose Briarcliff because of the success they had and obviously the relationship me and coach built through the recruiting process. But I would say that is a little bit of both between the success of the program and wanting to stay closer to home. And kind of a two-part question here now. First part, what's it meant to you to, to play in an environment with the crowds and everything you've had these last four years at Briarcliff? And second part to that, what's the one school in the GPAC and the conference that for a road game you're like, hey, this is a, this is a different environment. I'm going to have to tune it up here a little bit. I mean, I know all GPAC road games are like that, but is there one place in particular that you're like, hey, like I'm going to need to ramp it up just an extra notch? Um, I would say the away school that I love playing at the most would be, I'm going to answer with two. I'm going to say Northwestern and Dort, just because those are the areas close to home. And I played some of the dudes growing up, so it's just a little bit more for me to get going. So I would say Northwestern and Dort are the, my favorite places to play on the road. And can you repeat that first question for me, please? 
No, man, what's it been like these last four years playing um, at the Newman Flanagan Center, knowing the, the rich history and culture uh, that's gone before you, and then also the fan base uh, that's been there that's just been so supportive. I mean, obviously, we're fortunate to have uh, some local guys. What's it meant for you these last four years, going on to five now, um, after we just found out? What's it been like to play in the Flanagan? Uh, it, it's been huge. We have the best student section, hands down in the GPAC. And there's no question about that. Those guys bring it. Any any home GPAC game, any non-conference game, those guys are there. They're bringing it. And we definitely have the loudest student section in the GPAC. So it's been, it's been awesome to play in front of those fans. And it's been great to just, you know, see the transition from year to year. And, like, it, the student section has never dropped any from my freshman year to my senior year. So it's been extremely fun. All right, now, Jay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some names um, here for you. Jay Wolf, Eric Erdman, Jackson Lamb, Brian Forbes, Mario Galvez, Jake Shipley, and Rolando Frazier. Now, you are joining an elite club with the 1,000-point score, and as we just found out within this last week, All-American. When you, when you hear that, and all those names of that's just a short list of so many great players that have came through Briarcliff and coach can attest to this as well. What does that mean to you? And how, how awesome is it to be a part of such an elite group? Uh, it's an honor, truly. I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. When coach told me I was, I mean, I was just like in shock. Like I was so, you know, I was like with the work that I put in and stuff that I was extremely happy to be a part of that group. And, you know, it's an honor to be just have my name in that category with those players because those guys I've played with a few of them and they're they're dudes they're some studs. Well, I, I tell you what, I mean, you know, number one, I was really proud of Jaden for accomplishing. That's, I mean, it's a big deal. And you know, I went through and ran some rough math. I think it's something like two point six percent of players in the country get mentioned as an All American, and that's you know, you. I think there was eighty three players in the entire country that were listed and, and that's really impressive and it's a it's a product of a couple of things first and foremost it's a product of, of Jaden's work you know there's not many days go by that that he's not in the gym working on his game getting shots up um you know he mentioned a little bit ago he he took a little time off that was mandated whether he was going to take that off or not you know I told him he needed to after the season um you know so it's the tribute to him it's a tribute to his development. He's gotten better and better as he's been here. And, you know, like I've said with, with any, you know, individual award or accolade, you know, there's a part of team success that goes into that too. And, and that's, you know, when, when you're the, you're the best player on a, on a conference championship team, you're going to get some recognition and that's all well learned and well-deserved. And, you know, I was really happy for Jaden. I was excited when I found out, and uh, fortunately, I was able to find out a couple days in advance, you know, so I knew and had to not tell him for a couple days, which is hard. But, you know, we, we were really proud of Jaden and, you know, might as well add another year to that picture on the wall next yes, year, Jaden. There we go. Turn my brightness Oh, goody. There we go. So, Jaden, you, you had the privilege um, of playing in high school with, with current Briarcliff guy and teammate Kyle Borev. Talk about what it meant uh, for you guys to get him back um, after that year hiatus and, and get him back on the team this year. And what did his presence and his energy 
uh, bring to the floor this year for you guys? Uh, that was ex- extremely huge. Very, very much needed for our for our team. And I think everyone on our team knows what Kyle brings. I mean, he's going he's gonna to give you what he's got every single game. And it was definitely the presence we needed down low. And I think that he brings something to our team that no one else could. The rebounding factor, scoring factor, just guarding guys in the post, what we really needed. And so that was a huge part to have him back. So, I mean, that was huge to have him back on our team. And now with this, with this fifth year of you coming back, what's kind of the next step for you here? I mean, whether it be, I mean, individual or team things, what does this future in this next year look like for Briarcliff basketball in your eyes? I think every single person that's coming back on our team knows that we want to make it back to the national tournament and we want to make a run in the national tournament. I mean, we know what it takes to get there and now, now we want to make a run and make something happen. So Jaden, a, f- a few weeks back, coach had brought up a new shooting game uh, that you guys do uh, said that you and him uh, kind of went after it, but it was a very much one-sided affair. Would love to get your viewpoint on this. So for people that don't remember, kind of quickly explain this new game um, and then just how lopsided it ended up being. Well, it wasn't as lopsided as, as people may think. Coach is actually a very good shooter. Wow. If anyone's surprised that, that, by that. that that's shooter. like you couldn't say that in a way that made me sound worse. Actually, wow. <laughs> you really emphasized actually there. You're a good shooter. People may He's be surprised by passing. that. He's known for his passing. That's it. Yeah, he, he claims he's, a, he's the best pa- passer ever, and he's a good, no, good shooter. No, not ever. In our program. <laughs> he claims he's Jokic out of the pinch post. Anyway, so it's 20 minutes straight shooting, and you just count your total makes. And then so you're on the run the whole time. You make as many shots as you can for 20 straight minutes. So I can't remember. I think halfway through, coach asked me what I was at, and – and he got a little upset. And then I kind of kept with my pace, and he couldn't catch me. I think it's, I the it's, huh? it's the pace. The pace was the issue. Like, <laughs> you being 22, athletic and in shape, me being significantly older, not athletic, not in as good a shape, I think we shot a similar percentage. I'm, I'm, I'm dying on that hill. You shot a little bit better percentage, but not a ton. It's a great excuse, but you got a lot more shots up. I so, well, if I you just make your shot, if you just make your shots, you don't have to run farther after your rebounds. Just make them. Well, that's true, but you know, Jaden's faster the entire time. He's getting to his rebound faster. Shots up. On the flip side of this, I whooped Quentin Boss of the day. Did you really? That's funny. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't shoot very well. I didn't, I didn't play in a while. I was a little out of it, but I whooped him. That was, was a score. nice subtle flex. It was uh, twenty-one or some. I don't remember what he had. I had one twenty-two. Not a great outing for me. Seen better. Yeah, I mean, in comparison, the day Jaden and I played, it was one sixty to one forty-four. So you do the math. Jaden was making eight. Per minute, Bobby. I know you struggle with math a little bit, so I'll make it easy for you. Uh, I didn't have to do a whole lot, lot of math when I was a student coach, so that's probably a good, a good thing that you didn't have me do that. Didn't need to. That's, that's very true. <laughs> so, Jaden, a couple other questions here for you. What is your 
favorite post game meal? Let's let's first start out and go on the road, um, and keep it kind of in the student coaching realm, and then also uh, when your family comes to town after home game, road game first though. All right, road game, Valentino's Pizza. I'm not sure where we get that from, but it's Valentino's Pizza. That's anywhere in Nebraska, Jaden. Okay, anywhere in Nebraska when we get Valentino's Pizza is my favorite post game. And for home games, I would say a lot of our post game meals are either uh, we mix it up. One Eye Jacks is popular. See Coach there a few times after games. Um, I like convince my family to go La Bonita's a few times. My dad loves the place. So I guess those are the top two. That's a good move by you getting your family introduced to Lawas. I mean, that's, that's big oh, time. Yeah. Got to. So then be, being the starting point guard the last few years and through your eyes, what does it take to be a successful Briarcliff student coach? <laughs> oh, man. Well, this year you got to be able to do push-ups. So Marco succeeded there. Oh, man. Don't mess up the scoreboard often. If you don't mess up the scoreboard often, you'll be all right. And if, you, uh, if you're good on time during – if you're good on giving coaches time during halftime, you'll be all right. If your name's Bobby, you're probably out of luck. But other so, than that, you're all right. That's just a given. <laughs> Bobby and Marco, out of luck. That's, yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I'm not going to argue there. Neither is coach. Well, and then Jane, I guess another question. What is your favorite post-game student coaching challenge that, that coaches came up with? What's, what's been your favorite so far? Well, we recently, if we forget on the road to not do our post-game challenge, we'll do it um, after practice or before practice the next day. And my favorite was when coach was QB and they ran routes. So Marco beat Tom running routes. And we had some great battles on the, on the football field, I guess, if you want to say. So that's my favorite. So, so coach is QB. If Marco's receiver, Tom's playing some, some DB against yep. him and then vice versa. Yep. Okay. Marco had a phenomenal diving catch, propelled them to the win one day. And then I think he lost like five to zero. You just go off catches. So if you get a catch, one, go to five. Was it a great play by Marco, or is he just bailing out coaches' coaches throw? Well, what actually happened was those guys, they tell me the route they're going to run. Yeah, yeah, great. And I dropped a dime, put it right on Marco's hands, and he bobbled it around, tipped it up in the air, and dove to make a – it was a spectacular catch, but he bailed himself out from the embarrassment of dropping a ball that hit him directly in the hands. Well, Jaden, we, we really appreciate you coming on. And obviously some big-time news coming back for the fifth year. I know myself, Coach Figueroa, and all of Charger Nation, we're, we're more than jacked uh, to have you and see what you can do here in this fifth year. Uh, and just after that little, that little chewing that you got your freshman year against Jameson at home, I'm, I'm really glad that you decided to stay uh, and stick it out these last few years and coming back for a fifth year. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. It's awesome. Uh, good decision for sure. And I, I'm just – couldn't be more happy for you and excited to see what this fifth year has got in store. So thank you so much for coming on. I uh, appreciate you here, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
Yeah, so I want to thank Jaden for, for joining us here. Uh, what a great kid. And Coach, Jaden mentioned it here a little bit with the offseason stuff, but as far as the transition of the offseason goes now, having that time after the season to take a week or two and get out of the gym, kind of get your mind cleared and things like that. As far as a coaching standpoint, what does that look like now with offseason weights, getting guys back in the gym, uh, and everything that goes along with that offseason preparation? Yeah, so we – you know, we're kind of in an off time right now. Give the guys a few weeks off and, you know, here next week we'll get back in the weight room and start our off-season lifting. You know, our guys per normal pretty much to a man are going to be here this summer, um, work out together. So we're going to have a lot of time in the summer to, to get back at the skill stuff, some of the team stuff. Right now the biggest thing is just hitting the weights because one of the things – that I think is really important for us looking ahead to next year is, is we need to physically get bigger and stronger. Um, that, that's one of the things that we can control. It's one of the things I think we need to take another step forward is be a little more physical, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And that's, you know, that's looking at our season on the whole. That's looking at I was able to go down and watch the Sweet 16 games at the national tournament. Um, and, it, and it just kind of stuck out to me. Like, that's something we need to, to really focus on. You know, you can't, you can't grow yourself taller. You can't necessarily become a whole lot more athletic. But you can absolutely get bigger and stronger if you're getting after it in the weight room. And so that's something that's going to be a focus for us. And frankly, you know, and I've already talked to some of our guys about this, we, we got to fight a little bit of human nature over the next six, seven months here. You know, we, we've had a taste of success. And if you're just okay with that, then you're going to relax a little bit in the off season. But if, if you're really hungry for more, you're not going to relax. You're going to, you're going to put in the same effort. And what I told our guys in a, we had a quick end of the season meeting was one of the biggest reasons we had success this year was because all last off season, we were so hungry. There was a fire burning there to be good. And if we have that again, I'm, I'm going to feel pretty good about where we're heading next year. Um, but, you know, there is a human nature side of it. It's like, hey, we had a little success. We can relax a little bit. You know, we've got to figure it out. You know, the second you think you got to figure it out, you're humbled pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, that's what we'll do. We'll have some workouts, probably play in the summer league. But right now it's all about the weight room. It's about guys finishing up the semester academically and, you know, just relaxing a little bit. And, you know, we had some guys really beat up down the stretch. And that's, you know, that's not something you publicize a whole lot. But we had some guys that needed a few weeks off. Um, you know, a couple more guys maybe need a couple more weeks off even. But, uh, you know, for from a coaching standpoint, right now we're finishing up, you know, the recruiting class. I got that, I think. Uh, and, you know, just start planning for some of the summer stuff. And, you know, get ready for uh, BC Buckets podcast to be back next fall. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, and Jaden kind of broke some news when he was with us, and it kind of goes back to that hunger. But – I'm just sitting here thinking too. I mean, Jaden says he's coming back now, and and kind of from a coaching standpoint too. Obviously, knowing when Jaden's coming back and get some of those guys back, got to be pretty excited to get back in the gym with the team and and get things ramped up. So definitely looking forward to uh, how things go here this off season, leading in into the fall. 
Well, no, Fett, this is a really exciting time of year, Coach. Uh, unfortunately, your season wraps up, but uh, we're, we're inching closer to the Final Four in men's Division One and also the women's Division One time here. So you have the privilege, uh, you and Coach Forbes and Coach Saban, going down to the Final Four and, and spending some time down there doing some coaching stuff and, and watching some hoops. What's some what's a life rule that you might have here that, that ties into uh, kind of this time of year and, and different things in that nature? Well, if you've ever been to the Final Four, um, everybody's constantly looking at everybody else's polo to see what school they're from. Like, just don't do it. Like, we're all coaches. We're all people. You know, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, be a normal human being. You know, you don't have to just constantly look, oh, hey, is this guy D1 guy, yada, yada, whatever. Who cares? You know, we're all there as coaches to get better. You know, there's clinics, there's meetings, there's all kinds of stuff. We're there to get better. Let's just do that and, and move on. Also, on a completely different note, life rule is if you're in New Orleans ever, you better eat really well because it's one of the great food cities in America. And so you're going here in a few days. How many times will this be now for you, Coach? At the Final Four or in New Orleans? New Orleans, sorry. Yep, New Orleans. Just, just, just my second time ten years ago went to the final four in new Orleans. So it's just my second time. Okay. already have some, some new food places mapped out or is that something that you just kind of see to your pants, just figure well, that out when you're down there. We'll get it figured out. Nothing for, for certain yet, but we'll, we'll get something figured out. There's so many options. You can't go wrong. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, for the sake of asking this time of year, we're down to final four. Who you got coach? Well, I don't believe in filling out brackets. Um, more fun to watch the game if you don't and then I don't have to be the guy who's telling everybody who they picked in their brackets like you did before we started recording and I had to make fun of you for that so there's another life rule for you if you fill out an NCAA tournament bracket you're in a pool whatever you don't need to tell everybody you know like Bobby did that he had Duke winning it all um you know whatever it's a crapshoot Duke and KU are playing at a really high level right now if I if you put a gun to my head and made me pick, I'd say we got a Duke KU final. But I mean, you got four big time programs playing there. I'm not betting against Villanova. I'm not betting against North Carolina either. I mean, it's going to be, I think, going to be really good games. Should be really fun. Yeah, and I didn't think there was any reason whatsoever to, for you to throw me under the bus. But uh, hey, that's neither here nor there. So. Uh, well, I guess with that, we're going to work our way uh, towards a little shout-out section. And Coach, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, who, who do you have uh, for the last BC Buckets shout-out for yourself? Well, I got, I got three real quick. Number one, our coaching staff, Coach and Coach Saban. Those guys are big time. Um, those guys do so much that people have no clue they do. Um, and, and we don't have the success we have without those guys. So shout out to them. Number two, and this is multiple times, but our guys were awesome this year. Um, you know, I already said they just unselfish, no agenda. Let's let's go win. That's what they wanted to do. That's what they did. So shout out to them. And then finally, and most importantly, shout out to my wife Kara. She puts up with me all basketball season. Um, she is our biggest supporter. She is our players' biggest advocate whether they know it or not, when I'm complaining about them, she's going to back them up before she backs me up. Um, 
but she is unconditionally supportive of, of our program, of our guys, and of me. So that's, that's the big shout-out of the year here. Yeah, and those are three uh, monumental shout-outs, so uh, good stuff there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout-out uh, to a couple people. I'm going to give a shout-out to, to you, Coach, and uh, to Matt Gall for just kind of entrusting me to kind of take over the reins of the podcast here and kind of help you out and co-host it with you. So uh, this year, it's flown by. Like we said earlier, it's been a heck of a year. It's been fun. So just want to give a shout-out to, to you and Gall for kind of entrusting me and, and helping me uh, kind of take over here and, and giving me those reins. So shout out to you guys. Well, coach, last, uh, last episode here. Uh, it's been just an amazing year. Can't thank you enough uh, for each and every week uh, joining me here uh, and vice versa. Um, just great season by you and the entire guys. Um, really excited to see how the off season goes. Really excited already. Kind of wish it was fall so we can talk some more hoops and get ready for the season. Uh, but no, it was a fun ride, heck of a year, definitely a lot of memories that were made, uh, some memories that I won't forget, and I know you are in that same boat, so uh, definitely thanks for everything here, uh, and to everyone, please continue, go Chargers, always support, going to look forward to next season, uh, really excited to see where things go here, Coach. Awesome, thank you, Bobby, for doing this all year long. Absolutely, well, thanks everyone for joining our last episode of the year so far. We will join you guys here next fall. Rave on. Rave on. Rave on.